This is Melissa Noel, award-winning journalist and founder of Melanin Media, and of course, lover of all things Caribbean. Yes, proud Caribbean girl. And you're listening to season five of the Ting's Nice podcast. I'm your host, Sha, and you're tuned in to the Ting's Nice podcast, a hub for all things Caribbean carnival, culture, and lifestyle. While I do consider myself to be a carnival professional, I've brought some industry experts along to impart their knowledge as well. Whether you're a newbie or a longtime carnival veteran, you're guaranteed to step away with new knowledge. Let me talk to Ting's. So for the big season five, I have some questions that I would like some answers to from our carnival guru here. And so I want to get right into these because we know that carnival is big business. In fact, these celebrations that take place all across the Caribbean and around the world, because you know, Caribbean people, we just make real influence. They're some of the biggest economic drivers and community builders in the region and beyond. So I'd like to know, what are some important facts of this intricate and important ecosystem that employs so many people and is such a major money impact on the Caribbean that people, whether you play mass or have never played in your life yet, yet, that we should all understand? I think you hinted on it, really. Carnival is a business. It brings a lot of money to the governments of many countries. And I think it's also important to know that all carnivals are not built the same way, nor should they be, right? And I rant about this all the time when people ask me to talk about my favorite carnival. And I will always say, I don't have one. I can certainly highlight the aspects of each carnival that I enjoy and find unique, but I'm not going to ever put one over the other, right? We give props and thanks to Trinidad for kicking things off for us and showing us what's possible. They definitely have things on lock, like no questions asked. And so much of their execution is unmatched. But does it make them the best, right? Or does it make them the most popular or the most experienced? So I think it's unfair for people to have one experience and then go to another carnival expecting something similar and then being upset when that experience doesn't match up, right? I think there's a difference between carnival hopping for the love of it and to appreciate each country versus carnival hopping because you're looking to chase that vibe that you got somewhere else. Because the truth be told, you may not find the vibe that you're looking for, and then you'll be disappointed, and then you go back and give bad reviews, right? So the key is to know thyself, right? That's why some people don't travel anywhere else, and that's okay. They do what works for them, so do what works for you. So we know that Carnival employs many people across the islands and in other countries, from costume designers and DJs, musicians and event producers, to concierge services, makeup artists, and down to even those who are capturing the experiences and making us all having that FOMO when we see those videos online. But in what ways can we do a better job of understanding their roles, the challenges that they sometimes face, and how can we better support them, not only during carnival, but all year round? Oh, this is a great question. So most people taking part in the festivities are not going in with their business hat on, right? Unless it's their profession and they just can't help but think about logistics and financials, self-included, 
So when I walk into some fets, I'm like, well, boy, how much he pay for that? Right. And on the other hand, some people don't even have a business hat to wear and are only concerned with wanting to have a great experience for what they paid for. When things are great, people aren't as quick to compliment. However, when things don't work out in their favor, people are real quick to react, right? So one of the first things people can do is listen to this podcast, shameless plug. And I have a variety of individuals who have joined me already to share their stories. And I think that those conversations are really going to shed light on how things work behind the scenes. And I'm also going to Shout out the In We Blood podcast, which is based out of Canada. And the host, Kiana, is doing an amazing job sharing stories and having conversations as well. So definitely go listen to that podcast. And then I just would love for people to really sit back and think about things before reacting to situations. For example, I have an episode with Jody, one of the organizers of Upper Soka Cruise, and people were upset with them because of the cancellations in 2020. And even with the sailing last year in spring 2023, you had people who were vexed because the weather delayed the movements of the ship. So it's like those organizers aren't the ones who's impeding your trip. It's literally mother nature and the authorities who are trying to keep you all safe. So that making any sense? Like, I know we want to have a good time, but let's be reasonable. Okay. And then the last thing I just wanted to say is like, do your research, right? Was it the designer who messed up your order or was it the mass man and the section leader who failed to do what they needed to do to present that costume when it comes time for pickup. Like, just think about things, think it through, do your research, figure out who it is that you really need to be yelling at before you go and start dragging people. Now, what I love about this podcast is that you always get into the real deal, you know, the the good, the bad, the ugly. And so I really want to know from you, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you think people have about attending carnival? And more specifically about integral elements of the experience, such as making your band costume and FET selections, because we know that this can really make or break an experience. (laughs) You know, I got to keep it honest all the time. I'm going to be tactful, but I am going to keep it honest. So one of the things that grinds my gears is people thinking that they have to follow fashion, right? As the island people say, like follow fashion. People are so quick to hop on the popular train instead of doing what works for their personality and their budget. Like carnival can definitely be expensive, but proper planning and research, and I say this all the time, can alleviate some of that financial stress. Another big misconception relating to carnival selection is that your body does not have to be perfect right? Don't let these slim and trim models fool you. Carnival is a come-as-you-are experience. Now, do you need energy and stamina? Yes. But even if that isn't where you want it to be, do your best to be comfortable. And then when you're there, take the breaks that you need to take. So when you go, you're going to see all shapes and all sizes on the road at every carnival, period. And when it comes to fets, like you don't have to do everything. The last thing some people need is burnout and regret. And it's okay to say no. Like try to get information on 
what each fat will be like and then make the decisions that will benefit you. If you don't like boats, don't purchase that boat ride ticket. If you love to make your own drinks and are very selective with what goes in your body, then maybe that cooler fat is for you. Do you think that we're at a point where we need to either reclaim or reshape the carnival narrative? Why or why not? I think that term of reshaping resonates with me more um, due to social media coverage and more and more individuals participating who are a bit removed from their Caribbean roots or are from different cultures altogether. I think that in the eyes of some, Carnival is less of a cultural experience and more so an opportunity to dress provocatively and activate their sexiness and make long-term or short-term romantic connections. Now, don't get me wrong, making those connections can definitely happen organically, but I don't think anyone should be making it their sole reason for attending Carnival. Honestly, I'd like to see bands and uh, FET promoters reshape by incorporating more history into their presentations so that people understand what they're participating in, especially if they aren't familiar, right? Maybe that looks like playing an educational video on the history of Carnival in that particular country while you're waiting to collect your costume at the mass camp. Maybe it looks like sharing an informational pamphlet in the goodie bag, right? Maybe that looks like teaching sections of masqueraders a short piece of choreography that has meaning and adds to the storytelling like they do in Bahamas, right? I think designers can reshape the narrative by offering traditional mass sections that complement the bikini mass options. So yes, I think from a business aspect, they should definitely cater to the more demanding population, but don't push out another demographic completely. As a woman who is maturing, the strings are not as appealing to me as they once were. And I don't really know that they ever were. And I'm at a place where I just need more substance with my costume. I want more artistry and I want the artistry to be presented in other ways that's not just in the form of a feather backpack. What are some positive ways that the carnival experience has evolved since the COVID-19 pandemic? What have we learned and what have we done better? Technology has definitely been utilized more by mass bands. More effort has been put into virtual band launches, which are helpful to those who don't have an opportunity to be on island for the event. And drones are definitely making more appearances as well. Overall, I think there seems to have been this realization of just how much we need Carnival in our lives. And I think Nyla and Skinny put it best, like, we're dependent on you, so you better come through this time. Please hear my cry, right? But I'm sensing a greater appreciation of life and a rekindled awareness of just how special the act of traveling is because we get to go to so many beautiful countries and proudly parade through the roads with a sense of freedom and love for our culture while being in the company of a sea of people who feel the same way, mostly, right? So Carnival is a pretty big deal. What are some of the key improvements to the Carnival experience that overall, as a Carnival community, you think we still need to make or can just do a little better? I would really like to hear less costume pickup horror stories. 
And in order to do that, I'd love for the powers that be behind each mass band to take their business more seriously and implement structures that will benefit their success and ensure that their clients are well-pleased. I'd love to see more thoughtful mass camp operations. There's a lot of focus on making the mass, but when it comes to organizing timelines and respecting deadlines, it just seems like some organizations fall short and then we get the dun-dun on follow Soka and bands are being dragged by unsatisfied customers. And similar to what I mentioned earlier regarding Carnival as a business, like we have a lot of people who jump into the business of mass simply because they want their artistic creations to be brought to life, which is great. But I think that there are some groups who don't realize that there's more to it than that. And if you just want to design and you have no desire to do the rest, then go design under an already established band, right? Start small, focus on what you love. And then I'd like to see improved carnival experiences here in the States. Miami Carnival has been holding strong as the most well-known and well-executed carnival in the U.S. And I would love to see carnivals in other states have similar success. I feel like they're dying out, to be honest with you. And if we're not on the road being concerned about gun violence, then it's taking what was previously one carnival and now we're dividing it into two because everybody can't, doesn't have the same goals or there's drama with venues or there's problem with us being on the road for juvie. There's just no consistency and there's a bunch of messiness year after year. And I'm just like, well, why though? Why? The organizers in most of these carnival having states are not making me feel comfortable about handing my coins over to them. And then if I do decide to go, I can't fully enjoy myself because in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, well, are the police coming? Is this fact going to get shut down? Is the carnival going to be canceled last minute? It's like, if you charge me a certain amount for a costume package or for a FET ticket, then I need some guarantees, people. And I'm dying to know why some of these carnival associations are struggling to bring the culture and what exactly is stopping them from expanding. And I'm also wondering if any of them are leaning on the expertise of the officials in Miami, right? I've said it before, but I really think that if a carnival association can't get the support of the community and the local officials, then they need to reshape their execution, right? Come off the road and transition the carnival experience to an enclosed space like they do in Miami and like they do at the Ritterman Road event during Hookie Weekend. That way they can control who is allowed inside and then not be bothered by the rest. What are some carnival preparation tips that you live by and you think can help us all, whether we're playing mass for the first time or the 50th time? By the way, if you are enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you tune in. Your support helps us reach more listeners like yourself. And don't forget to subscribe and follow our social channels to catch all the upcoming episodes and carnival content. All right. Okay. Okay. So definitely get active sooner rather than later. Don't wait until the week before the trip to start doing this. 
really, we should all be doing our best to stay in shape and exercising and doing all those things on a regular basis throughout the year, not just for carnival. But if you can't do that, then definitely like at least like a month and change before you go, right? If you're not into the whole gym bit, walking daily will help loosen up your body for what's to come and definitely, definitely, definitely stretch, stretch, okay? stretch. (laughs) Um, Then I want to say, test out all your outfits before you pack. Don't just throw things in the suitcase and leave it to chance because that can not work out so well. The same goes for your footwear. Whatever you choose to wear on the road, if they're new, definitely break them in. Break them in on those daily walks that I just talked about. Break them in while you're exercising so that they get nice and flexible before you hit on the road and you are as comfortable as you can be. Personal grooming is a must. Photographers will be all about high and low. Do not pass on that hair removal process. Men, if you want your chest wax, do it. Ladies, I highly recommend a bikini wax, all of those things. And then I think that you should purchase that hosiery in advance so that you're not crossing your fingers and hoping that they get shipped in time before you leave. If you are shopping with Fet Dolls, then you definitely need to use that Ting's Night discount code at checkout to get a little gift. Um, And then organize the storage on your phone before the trip. And this is especially helpful for content creators or people who struggle with storage space. And the last thing you want is to think that you have that, that space on your phone to take your picture for the road, and then you don't have the storage. Organize the space, put it up in in the cloud wherever you need to, and then you'll have the space needed to store your memories. We hear this word sustainability a lot, but how does that apply to the carnival industry? And what are ways that we as carnival consumers can help contribute to the industry's long-term growth? My mind immediately went to the responsibility of designers. Making sure to use as much recyclable materials in costume design would be extremely helpful to our planet. And until we get to a place where we have more green costume options, masqueraders are left with the responsibility of making more eco-friendly costume decisions, right? And dare I say it, but do you really need that extra large backpack with two feet of ostrich feathers at the bottom? I mean, I'm just saying. It's a question. <laughs> but if we aren't able to let go of the grandeur, the least we can do should be recycling what we have and making sure to reuse elements of our costumes as much as possible. And we'll talk about this later in the season for sure. So be on the lookout for a blog post and a YouTube video strictly about sustainable carnival and how to reuse your carnival costumes. And we all know that carnival isn't carnival without the fets that lead up to the big events on the road. I think event organizers can also make an effort to go green. And maybe that looks like offering a reduced ticket price for BYOC, bring your own cup, and thus having less cups to order from Jump. Maybe it looks like having dedicated bins for composting, recycling, and trash within a FET paired with attendees to help show people what items go in which bin, right? There would also be a responsibility for organizers to ensure that the messaging is clear to attendees from before they even purchase the ticket, right? It's a way to educate people about how to take care of our planet and how to act within the FET. 
So I had Carney Cycle on the podcast a few seasons ago and would love to have them back to talk about their progress since our first conversation on Sustainable Carnival. Listen, looking at the aftermath of a carnival parade is like, whoa. So we as a people really need to do a better job of being more respectful to Mother Earth. You know, often when we think about mass experiences in different countries and different elements that make them unique, there are ones that just kind of stick out. So what's a mass experience that you've had that you will never forget? And tell us why. So I'll set the scene. Carnival in Jamaica, 2016. The sun is setting. The band has just turned into downtown Kingston, where the locals are waiting for the trucks to pass. All of a sudden, the soca music stops and transitions into the dance hall hits of the season. Everyone in the vicinity stops what they're doing and runs to be as close to the music truck as possible. And then you just see a sea of people dancing in sync to the choreography of each tune. And they play these powerful tracks one after another, back to back to back for like 20 minutes. Now, as someone with a passion for dance and dance hall music, I was just, I was speechless. I was blown away. Nobody cared what was going on in that moment. Phones were tucked away and we were just saturated in the goodness of that time. The music brought us together and we were one. Like I really felt like one Caribbean. It was just, I, I can see it now. And it was just, it was so, it was so great. The pandemic forced so many of us to rethink, reshape, reclaim our narratives. Now that we are in the year 2024, what do you think the overarching theme of the carnival industry will be in terms of how we celebrate, how we acknowledge, how we sustain ourselves, our traditions, and our creatives who give so much to this industry every single year? I have no idea what it will be, but what I would like it to be is one that sounds something like Carnival 2024, respecting our roots, remembering our why, or like remembering our purpose and rethinking our execution. That is it there. That is it. (laughs) I just want to extend a huge thank you to Melissa Noel for taking time out of her busy boss gal schedule to participate in this episode. Trust and believe my girl will be back to chat with us live and direct later this season. In the meantime, I'll be adding her questions to my social media pages to get your feedback on the questions that Melissa asked me. So stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for our next episode where we sit down with Jody Covington, a member of the small but mighty team of leaders behind the one, the only, the legendary Uber Silk Cruise. Bye.